Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, December 2nd, 2016. I'm your host, Alexander Kalafi. Uh, today I'm joined by certain Donald Terrio to talk about the Zelda Breath of the Wild footage. Hello, Donald. And I'd like to present the Game Awards in reverse order for the hearing impaired. Oh, you didn't like the Game Awards? I thought I thought it was um, okay. There, there was some good stuff in there mixed with a lot of awkward, but we'll talk about that probably a little bit later yeah, on. Yeah, we will. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, I'm, I'm of course your host, Alex Kalafi. I, uh, I got something related to Zelda you might be interested in. This is the Legend of Zelda 30th Anniversary Amiibo, and the one I got was based on Link and the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Look at that. Nice. I got the yeah, one based I'm... on the best Zelda in that collection. Yeah, I, I've got a I got a two pack on the way, but that's for a Christmas gift for somebody who's a real big Wind Waker fan. What I can tell you about the Zelda amiibo is that although the face it doesn't look off, it's just the proportions look a little different than expected. You know how some amiibo faces look a little weird. Yeah. This, this a lot of derpy eyes. Yeah, this has a little bit of that, but it's better than the Smash Bros. one. You can tell this is not a quality above the Super Smash Bros. Amiibo. Which, looking back, and especially looking at like the Little Mac Amiibo and the Villager Amiibo, a lot of those Smash Bros. Amiibo were more cool in concept than their build quality was fantastic. Yeah, and we don't even want to get into Link's um, yellow stand. Yeah. On the, uh, on the first Smash Brothers amiibo, because that was just bad. It was real bad. I like the Ocarina of Time Link, though. I chose this one specifically because I am of the opinion that even though it's kind of one of the most boring opinions to have on the Zelda series, I think Ocarina of Time is still the best Zelda game. Mm. I, li- I... I respect people who, stay- who say Link to the Past. I respect people who say Wind Waker, but in my opinion, it's Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I think I think Ocarina is still my favorite 3D Zelda, although I'm one of those Link to the Past people myself, and if there was a pink-haired Link amiibo, I probably would have bought that. That would be cool, but it wouldn't be plain pink, it would be more like a strawberry blonde, I bet, with just like a tiny, tiny red tint to it? Yeah, yeah. more than likely. Yeah, I like it though. Yeah. Uh, Majora's and Mask you... people I don't quite understand, but <laughs> I, I have uh, Skull Kid, not Amiibo, from the Majora's Mask 3D collection right over there. Nice. Yeah, and they, and they announced what those Amiibo are going to do in Breath of the Wild today, so uh, yeah, enjoy your falling meat. Wait, they did announce what those are going to do? Did I miss yep. that story? What, what did it, what's uh... it doing? Yeah, it broke late in the afternoon. Uh, basically, what'll what'll happen is each of the um, each of the four new amiibo that released today will drop a certain something into the environment. Uh, the eight bit link will do barrels, which can have rubies, but will probably just be empty. Uh, link, your link will drop meat that it can be used for healing. Uh, the the Wind Waker link will drop fish, and the Wind Waker Zelda will drop vegetables. That's not as cool as I was hoping. Yeah, I suspect that because right now the one like the best one's still the Wolf Link amiibo that they uh, they showed off at E3, but I suspect those Zelda amiibo that they announced at E3 will probably be the big ones. Yeah, Alola Greninja says it's actually not a boring opinion at all to say Ocarina of Time is the best 3D Zelda. You'd get a lot of pushback on ranking Ocarina number one. To make that opinion even slightly more interesting, or maybe less interesting and more believable, my first time beating Ocarina of Time was actually on the 3DS version. And I beat the 3DS version and the Master Quest twice in a row. Well, like, I I beat the game the total of two times, once on the regular, once on the Master Quest. And that was an amazing 50 hours. Yeah. I... 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 I got Ocarina of Time six days before I got Pokemon Red, so I fin- I think I put most of my effort into beating Ocarina first, and then I went after Pokemon. When you clean up the visuals of Ocarina of Time, and you fix the camera just a little bit, I think Ocarina of Time is like a damn near perfect game. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it basically saved the N64, so 
It's one of the la- one of the last great N sixty four games, honestly, at least as far as Nintendo's concerned. Yeah. Rizza thirty six, I want a Girahim Girahim amiibo wearing assless chaps. Oh, I thought that said yeah. assless chaos, which would have been a very different statement. I, I think that was. I think I saw that in a in a uh, video store once. <laughs> Sean McCord says, "Also, Wind Waker is amazing." Yes, it is. I actually had a wonderful time playing Wind Waker, and to make that even slightly more interesting, my first time beating Wind Waker was on the Wii U HD version. Edition. Exactly. Sad story to prove how much of a dumb kid I was at the time. When I bought my GameCube in like 2005, it was a Christmas present. What I got with it, it was a bundle, it was a silver GameCube that came with Metroid Prime 1 and The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker all on one game case. So it was two discs, one game case. I beat neither, and I still haven't beat Metroid Prime. Like, I, I've played maybe an hour of it, and I never got back to it. I was given what, what might be two of the best games of all time. And I didn't actually get around to playing one of them until the HD version. Although, I guess uh, from the improvements to Wind Waker HD, I don't actually regret yeah. that at all. I I can't finish the original because the, the Triforce Hunt is a pain in the you-know-what. And I can't finish the HD version because it's so the, the water in that game is so realistic, it actually makes me seasick. Wow. That, that's, that's perhaps the highest compliment that you can give that game. <laughs> It's almost too good. Yeah. Ooh, we got some more stuff. Chris Lance, I do not have a good Zelda game because I have not really gotten into Zelda, but I am getting Breath of the Wild, though. Chris Lance, do not feel bad about that. I still do not consider myself a fan of the Zelda series. I have no criticisms of the Zelda series, and I've played through a lot of them. I've played through uh, about half of Link to the Past, I've played through the original Zelda, I've played through Link Between Worlds, most of Twilight Princess, all of Skyward Sword, and Link Between Worlds, and uh, Ocarina of Time, I played a few hours of Majora's Mask, and then Link's Awakening was my other favorite one. If I had to choose a second favorite Zelda, it would definitely be Link's Awakening, DX. But don't worry, don't worry, you are not alone and not really identifying with the Zelda series, even if you have nothing but respect for it. Yeah, and for what it's worth, I mean, you can get uh, Link's Awakening DX on sale until Monday on the 3DS, and it's probably just a couple Nintendo, bucks, right? I think it's like two or three. It'll like be two or three. Three, three bucks, I think. Yeah. yeah, and they have my Nintendo discounts that changed over to give discounts on Link to the Past for whatever platform you prefer, Wii or 3DS or right. new 3DS. So you can. You can sni- you can burn up some of those coins that are inevitably going to expire and get get a few bucks off Link to the Past. That's a pretty good entry point, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Flame and Ashes, Donald. Have you seen that Majora's Mask fan video yet? I haven't. Neither have I. Although I, I have seen a Majora's Mask HD fan video before, and that is a very nice looking game. Although I still don't necessarily identify with Majora's Mask. I want to try replaying that, or at least try playing it again next year. I got to some dungeon, and then, like, it didn't turn me on, so I just stopped playing. But I still have it in my room with the anticipation of playing it. Chris Lance asks, You didn't see the Game Awards? I did see the Game Awards, and so did Donald, and we are going to talk about it right now. The Game Awards happened, Donald, and some stuff happened. Before we talk about Zelda, there are two points of discussion I want to bring up. One, I thought the Game Awards was actually pretty good. It wasn't as good as last year's. I would say some of the reveals were better. The Death Stranding video was better. But even though it had some awkward moments, like Boogies was a little awkward, and then you had Jeff Keighley sort of halfway Um. crying about Kojima... At the beginning of um, it, but not in a good way. What, what's up? Uh, I thought I thought it was. I think I was worried that pants were coming down at a point or two of that speech. It's when remember when uh, when Hideo Kojima was like, "I love you, Jeff." <laughs> yeah, that 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 got that got a little bit over the top, but and it was weird that it led off the show. I mean, I know they wanted to right the wrong with what happened last year at the awards, but. 
Yeah. Some stuff was... some stuff got so real really quick. Yeah. And then there there were some other things like there were some genuinely amazing moments in that show. The speech from the guy with uh, that dragon cancer, like that yeah. was an extremely memorable moment that I thought was one of the most important and like revealing moments for video games of that night. Yeah. Was what video games meant to all these people and especially to that family and apparently there's a really good documentary about that dragon cancer. I thought the Death Stranding video was fantastic. I thought the Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean they didn't show it off, but that seemed interesting. I thought the Mass Effect was, was whatever, but either way there was some cool stuff. Anyways, the second pre-Zelda point I wanted to make was the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale got confirmed lends a lot of credence to a lot of Switch rumors. Yeah, the and the fact that they only said consoles, PC, and mobile. So presumably we'll be finding out something about that possibly next month at the uh, at the press event. Probably. Oh yeah, and then Sean McCord uh, brought up Doom Live, which was actually the two best yeah. moments of the night. That dragon cancer, and then Mick Gordon just fucking shredding the Doom soundtrack. Yeah, that 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 seemed a little. I I, I don't know. Maybe they could have not had those two things back to back. You know, this this emotional moment about a game about a about a child who's dying, and then Doom. Yeah. You know, maybe put maybe put something in between that. I don't know. Well, that part doesn't bother me so much because they did. There was Jeff had that those awkward moments where he was like, "Wasn't that an amazing moment?" But the part that did bother me was putting almost back-to-back -back that Dragon Cancer speech and the weird live paid cosplayer for Gillette Razors. Yeah. Kyle, I, I know you Kyle, I know you lost your job this year. I know that you gotta make money somehow, but maybe dial it back a little bit next year. Yeah. Chris Lance is saying, holy shit, when you think about it, Breath of the Wild revealed so much, but then again, it revealed almost nothing. We need to talk about Breath of the Wild because I have some opinions on Breath of the Wild, Donald, and I found out that more people than I thought agree with me on those opinions. So yeah, I'm, for, for what it's worth, I think I'm with you, although that's more of, I got burned out on the game at E3 when they had nothing but that for day one, so... I I just want the game to come out at this point so I can play it and judge it for myself. Although the implications that seem to emerge from the end of the first trailer, the the actual trailer as opposed to the uh, brief let's play with Nate Bildorf and Bill Trennan, mm. uh, playable Zelda maybe. Maybe could that be crazy. Maybe or it could be for very select moments. Yeah, they had two trailers. They had a they had a Zelda trailer that went on the pre-show, and then on the main show they did this four-minute let's play between Bill Trinan and Nate Bildor, and the yeah. trailers didn't reveal that much. The, the whole point of this was to show here's a bit of what the flow looks like in the let's play, and during the trailer here's what some of the various set pieces and settings look like. Yeah, so we've got we've got villages now confirmed and what a and a and a prince and what looks to be a very familiar looking castle as well. And I will mention as well, uh Neil and John Rarden did a very bit very good deep dive video that is on this channel right now, so go check that out when you're done here. Okay. So yeah, definitely look at that. Here's my stance on this. That game showed very poorly at the Game Awards last night. Yeah, I, because I, I heard some people complaining about the frame rate. The frame although... rate looked bad in the Let's Play, and more importantly, the visuals did not look very good. Now, how much of that is the fact that it's a Wii that it, it's running on the Wii U, which at this point is a bit of a bit long in the tooth, shall we say? I feel like they had an opportunity to show the Switch version, unless the Switch version does not seem all that complete yet. You think so? You're you're thinking that's that's the confirmation Wii U that version this is going to be a tool. 
yeah. is a 2017, not March 2017. Oh, yeah. This game, there's no way this game comes out in March. I'm at the point where I would bet money that this game doesn't come out in March. I wouldn't bet a lot of money. It would just be like a fiver down on this game not coming out on March. But I don't think there's any chance this game comes out in March based on the footage we saw last night. Moreover, the other slow suspicion I'm having, or the slow realization I'm having, is that nothing they've shown has really impressed me about this game yet. And outside of the fact that I assume it's going to be good because it's a new Zelda game from the Zelda team and it's the new uh, Zelda Zelda game, there's nothing for me in this. And I don't see anything about this open world that's turning my game part on. I look at that Let's Play, and none of it seemed fun. It just seemed really aimless, and you could tell they were cutting around to get around the boring-ass parts because there was nothing that good to see. The visual trailer that was to show all these different arenas, the world didn't seem very populated, <laughs> and I wasn't that impressed by that. And I think the reason why I'm so unimpressed is not because the game looks like it's going to be a bad game. I think I'm unimpressed by it, because this is the first Zelda game that's launching with a lot of really excellent competition, direct competition, already existing. Think about The Witcher 3, which by many accounts, not mine, but by many accounts, is the best game of 2015. Think about Metal Gear Solid, which by many accounts, including my own, was the best game of uh, 2015. And then, Final Fantasy XV just came out, which in my opinion, may very well be the best game of 2016, which we can talk about at the end of the show. So in 2017, you're going to have a Legend of Zelda game that clearly, clearly, clearly either takes a lot of inspiration from Western RPGs, or takes almost no inspiration from anything, and exists in a bubble where all these games were never invented and doesn't take any of the positive cues from this game, which might be even worse. So, in 2017, you're going to be offering me uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild after I've already spent over 30 hours each, eventually over 50, and Metal Gear Solid V and The Witcher 3 and Final Fantasy XV, it just makes this game look a bit like an also-ran. And I think because the game looks like such an also-ran, I'm just bleh on it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm... I mean, I've got I've had this thing pre-ordered since, since the, before the first Game Awards, so I'm at this point, I'm pretty much committed to it. I... I having played even Xenoblade, which we know that Monolith, which we have known and reconfirmed before that guy in the comments comes back, that Monolith is working on this. Those guys know how to do open world, as Xenoblade and Xenoblade X proved. But putting the Zelda trappings on it, that could be an issue. And weapon degradation is never fun. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes weapon degradation can work if it's very easy to repair, although even then it's not ideal. Chariot Goblin asks Alex, did you like Xenoblade Chronicles X? I probably will once I play it, but that even that's still sealed. So in addition to the three games I said, you got Xenoblade Chronicles X, which seems like a different kind of game, but not an entirely different kind of game, especially considering they both run on the same engine. Horizon Zero Dawn comes out uh, next year. Scalebound comes out before there has, uh, before Zelda's going to come out. I'm not saying Zelda's going to be bad. For all we know, it could be the best game of all time, and Donald, believe me, I really hope it is. It's yeah. just, by the time Zelda comes out, I'm going to have played so many similar games that I don't know if an open-world Zelda game, especially one with an open-world that doesn't seem like it's trying anything all that new, and especially considering it has all these systems that don't seem all that new, and especially considering the AI seems good, but not AI in any way that's all that new for these platforms, I just don't see a reason to be all that excited about it yet. Which is not to say any of your opinions, if you are excited, are invalid. You're all very valid for any opinions you have. 
It's just, that's the reason why I am not excited about the Zelda yet. Now, let me tell you exactly all these comments. Donald, tell me, what were you about to say? I was going to say, if, I mean, we we don't know how it's going to come together in the long run. Maybe it ends up being a world that we all get absorbed in for hundreds upon hundreds of hours. But we're not going to know until next year sometime. Yeah. Let's see. Zelda will be launching next to Horizon, Mass Effect, and Scalebound. Mass Effect seems more open, too! The game design of this generation, there are two types of game design. There's make everything open world, no matter what it is. And, which has worked to varying success, and I would actually say mostly positive. And, there's take a linear game, and then make it more open. And we've seen this from, um, what's it called? Killzone Shadowfall did that, Halo 5 did that, a lot of other first-person shooter games did that kind of thing, Doom did a lot of that, and uh, it, that's those are the two design philosophies, and it seems like Zelda's coming right around that. For what it's worth, Emily Rogers heard Breath of the Wild does run better with Switch, I sure hope so. Let's see, Cherry Goblin. Scalebound is also coming out in 2017, but that game may be dead on arrival. It is um, a platinum game, which means it will either be absolutely incredible or terrifically... So that was like terrifically slash horrifically mediocre. Nintendo yeah, or, and either way, it's probably not going to sell very much because it's a, a Japanese-focused game on the Xbox One. Xbox One, which I think consistently sells about 50 consoles every month. No, yeah, not 50,000, 50, 50. Yeah, 50 a week, I think, is, is fair. Oh, but... that, that's what it is. Okay, so 200. Yeah. Nintendo and NVIDIA all the way players, says Tony Konami-Kurin. Sean McCord, I haven't seen much hype about... Scalebound, Swallow 551, my god, man, there has not been a bad Zelda game. Now, if we're not going to talk about CDI games, and we don't have to, there has not been a bad Zelda game. But there have been a lot of Zelda games which have not stuck with me specifically. And that's what we're talking about in this moment, is my specific opinions on this game. Skyward Sword, I had a great time with, but I thought that game was bloated as hell and did not necessarily have... A wonderful open world. Twilight Princess, although I only played the Wii one, did not stick with me either for a very similar reason. Link Between Worlds I was not a fan of. I didn't even finish Link to the Past. I, I will admit I am a... Uh, it takes a lot for a Zelda game to impress me, so maybe that's where you're hearing some of this from. Although I don't actually think so. I think I have some problems. Not problems, but uh, hesitations with this new Zelda game that is based on its design philosophy more than the fact that it's a Zelda game. I'm ex excited about Scalebound, but I'm expecting it to bomb. Nintendo and Monolith Soft will take full advantage of the Switch's architecture. Which version of Link to the Past is better? Wii VC or new 3DS? Are you equipped to answer that, Donald? Um, I've played... I prefer the new 3DS version because the between the Pixel Perfect mode and the fact that there's actual save states on the 3DS as opposed to the Wii. Uh, the Wii U one is good, and I've actually beaten the game that way. But if you give me Wii U or new, th or new 3DS, I'll go new 3DS just because of the better emulator and and the same, pretty much similar functionality. Yeah, eighth gen. Has a lot of open world games. Cherry Goblin says Alola Greninja says open world can mean a lot of different things. We've barely seen the game. So I I get not being excited, but there isn't any reason to think it couldn't be amazing either. I hope it's amazing, but as someone who considers his favorite genre to be open world RPGs, this game is not lighting up my world yet. Uh, William Hamlet has an excellent point. I still don't understand why they don't have voice acting in Zelda yet. That bothered the hell out of me because I thought the last E3 trailer was suggesting we were going to have more voice acting. It's suggesting it, but again, we, we don't really know because they've shown a lot of action, but they haven't shown a lot of the other miscellaneous things that go along with the game to, to yeah. date to... So we'll, we'll, we'll probably get some idea of that in January. Will Breath of the Wild become the No Man's Sky of 2017? I don't think so. 
I don't think people are expecting the same kind of things from Zelda. No Man's Sky, people were actively anticipating it being the last game they would ever need. And no one thinks Breath of the Wild is going to be the last game they would ever need. Also, I think Breath of the Wild is going to be a much better game than No Man's Sky. And I say that as a person who very much liked elements of No Man's Sky. I think No Man's Sky is slightly underrated and would play more No Man's Sky under the right circumstances. <coughs> Let me see. Sean Accord, probably bad due to the graphics. Poor frame rate and other better games. Ocarina of Time. The Tony. Yeah, Con- yeah go ahead. Because Ocarina of Time, like I said, it had a. The N64 version's frame rate was horrible. Even I recognize that, and I usually suck at recognizing frame rate. But it's still one of the best games of all time, even if it's technically not as impressive as other games that were coming out even around that time. Yeah. Let's see. Any other. Am I late? Asks It's a Me Deplorable. No, you are not too late. Although you do have a Zelda. Or a Link avatar, which means you might be a little too late for the Zelda conversation. It was just me having less than positive opinions about the Breath of the Wild footage and Breath of the Wild as a video game so far. The most hopeful I was for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was when they showed that very first E3 trailer where it was Link and you weren't sure if it was a boy or a girl and there were like the lasers coming off and then it just looked super exciting. And I would say everything since then has taken my excitement a notch down progressively every single time. Still better than Konami, Sean McCord says. that That's a fantastic point, especially in the wake of the Game Awards. And some, of the, and if what Jeff was saying, what, what Konami was doing to uh, Kojima for the last six months is true, then, well, yeah. Yeah, Jeff was so upset. If we want to talk to some about something more ambitious that actually looks really, really, really good and worth being excited for, Donald, why don't you tell me about the latest in Shovel Knight? Yeah, so the other thing, the other Nintendo-relevant world premiere that we got at the Game Awards was the uh, was first footage for the Spectre Knight expansion pack, which apparently Yacht Club Games has gone in and basically rewritten all of the rules of Shovel Knight. There's going to be new... There's already seen new graphics. There's going to be new music from Jake Kaufman, so booyah. And this is going to be almost a prequel game that they could have sold on their own. And it'll be out next spring for all of the current plat for all the platforms that Shovel Knight released on, which is basically everything. I would love to sit down and talk with the Yacht Club guys. What is it like for you to do what you're doing right now? What's your philosophy? Uh, Working on this several-year-old game where you're not selling any of this for money. Where is your money coming from? Is this coming from investors? Are you still living off the Shovel Knight profits and are you still okay? What's your next game look like? Are you working on that at the same time? I have so many questions I would ask Yacht Club Games. Yeah, And And there's a part of me that might fire off an email because I feel like there's a really interesting Yacht Club Games interview that could could be had. Yeah, although they... I mean, they did get some extra money from when Shovel Knight was sold at retail, you know, incentives. It sold tremendously well for an independent game, even on Nintendo platforms. And they have... They got a... They promised this stuff in their Kickstarter. It's taking a lot longer than they anticipated, I think. But they're, but each time it comes out, that's goodwill that they're getting. That's going to lead to more sales, and it will just snowball from there. So I think they're, I think financially they're fine. But I'm sure, I'm sure they would love to move on to a new project at some point. But they've, they've made a commitment, and I'm glad they're sticking to it. I bet they're also becoming better game developers. Yeah. As a result, not to say they need to be. Because Shovel Knight is one of the best platformers that's come out in years. Like, by far, I would say it's better than anything WayForward has ever put out. Although, I'm saying that as someone who's not an enormous fan of WayForward. But the original Shovel Knight was excellent. I never actually ended up playing Plague Knight. Although, this other knight. It's, what's, what's its name one more time? Spectre Knight. Spectre Knight. I'm looking forward to that because that design seems more interesting... If anyone hasn't played Shovel Knight, what a better time to get involved. The base game is probably five or six hours long, and then that has a hard mode, which is a little different. And then you can play the Plague Knight, which is 
slightly different levels, and that's even harder. And then we got Spectre Knight. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some save files for the original Shovel Knight on Wii U that now clock well over 20 hours. Absolutely. I, I think mine is at least at 10, and then I also bought it on 3DS and beat it there as well. And then I went and beat it on Vita. So I've, I think I put 20 hours in across three three different platforms for this game. How was that Kratos boss fight? Uh, it was fun. Although I yeah. although the Vita run was a cheat run because I wanted to try out some of the cheat codes. Oh, there are cheat codes in that one? Yep. Did that ever come to PS Plus? I don't think so. Uh, no, it's... It, Shovel Knight has been surprisingly resistant to sales. I think the cheapest it's been is like 30% off. Which is another way of making sure that Yacht Club keeps keeps the doors open while they work on all this stuff that they're not really charging for. And from the sound of it, they almost could have charged for this thing if they wanted to as a standalone game. If you ask me what the best indie games of all time are, I don't think I could get more than two or three games deep before Shovel putting Knight. Shovel Knight. Like, I think, I think number one for me is still Hotline Miami, which actually still ranks above probably maybe top 10, if not top 15 favorite games ever. After that, Bit Trip Runner, the original one, has a very near and dear place in my heart. I think that is the superior of the two Runner games, although I, I could be uh, outvoted in that department. And then right after that would probably be Shovel Knight. Yeah. Shovel Knight is better than a lot of classic revered 2D platformers. Yeah, cuz it it took the it took the best elements of those games along with modern game design sensibilities so that everything is fair. It's difficult, but it's not as stereotypically difficult as you would associate with those old school platformers like your your first Castlevanias or Mega Man 2 on the standard difficulty. Right. It just it's that kind of challenge that just makes you feel really good. It's I would say Although there are a lot of comparisons to be made between that game and Dark Souls, it makes me feel the way Dark Souls games make me feel. Mm. I wouldn't call it 2D Dark Souls, because there are plenty of games that are trying to be 2D Dark Souls. But that game makes me feel the way Dark Souls makes me feel. It also makes me feel the way Mega Man games make me feel. Which would be a more apt series to compare Shovel Knight to, I think. Yeah. Tyler oh. Dick says the Battletoads fight is awesome. Battletoads, another game Shovel Knight is better than. <laughs> There's a lot, although to be fair with Battletoads, there's a lot of games that are better than it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to uh, semi-lead the brigade in realizing that Battletoads is not that good of a video game. <laughs> Battletoads was Battletoads and Crash Bandicoot, two things that were never good. Sonic is such a hard debate to determine whether the original Sonic games, how good those games actually are. I don't think you could easily, fairly say the original Sonic games weren't good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I see arguments in both sides. I think that would be a very heated debate, whether the Sonic games were ever good. Yeah, that, that that's a debate we should have at another point, though, because... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Sean McCord, I hope Shenmue is shown tomorrow at PSX. I'm excited for PSX. We might talk about that next week. Speaking of Kickstarter, is Shenmue 3 coming out? I love that game. I think Shenmue 3 is coming out uh, next year, or the year after I that. Think, I think 2018. Yeah, 2018 at the earliest, and probably 20, $20 $30 million over budget, if this history of the series is any indication. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Universal. There's three Nintendo theme park things coming to Universal Studios. One in Orlando, one in Anaheim? Or Yeah, at Universal Studios Hollywood, which is either in Anaheim or in L.A. proper. But it's in, the, it's in that Southern California, Orange County area. And then what's the third one? Osaka, Japan. Osaka, Japan. And what have they said about this? They said it's still a few years away. Yeah. But they showed some big piranha plants, and then Miyamoto posed for a picture. Yeah, so it seems like that Mario is going to be the centerpiece of these things, which Mario is the first. Of course he is. Yeah, although... <laughs> You're not going to choose F-Zero. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, would, I, I think at this point, we'll talk about this later, but I think Pokemon is actually more valuable to Nintendo right now than Mario is. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that they didn't go f go full bore with that, but then again, that's not nin that's not fully Nintendo's call to make. But it's gonna be they'll be heavily Mario themed. They might work in some other things like 
you might see Kirby or Metroid or Link or Animal Crossing or something like that in in these in these three things. But like I think Neil said in a column this week on the site that if they're only going to start breaking ground on these next year, I think if they're going to have the I think the goal for the Osaka one was to have it up and running in time for the Tokyo Olympics in four years. They're yeah. going to be cutting it pretty close, I think. Yeah, and that also suggests the Jap- the Japanese one first. And then we might get those in five years or six years. I remember the Harry Potter one in Orlando took forever. Um, a Splatoon water park would be awesome. A Splatoon water park would be awesome. Donald, if you were to choose three franchises that would get representation at Nintendo Amusement Park, and it's not Mario, what would it be? Are we on? Okay, um, Alex, you are muted right now. Like, Am I really? Can you not hear me at all? Okay. Now can you hear me? Yes? Yes? Donald? No? Can you hear me? I think you're... I don't know if your mic just came out or what happened here, but yeah, you're. I'm not getting oh. anything out of you. What about now? What about now? No? Nothing? Nothing? Okay. Hold on. Let me... I will rejoin the call in. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. This is we are still live, as far as I can tell. But Alex is just going to fix up his microphone here. But uh, as I said, there is a column from Neil on the website right now, NintendoWorldReport.com. Uh, it does feature a bit more, uh, sort of what I can, would guess to be a look at Nintendo's thought process with with the Universal Parks and a pretty realistic time frame as to when we're actually going to start seeing these things. Now? Anything? 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 Still yes. can't hear you. Okay. Oh. One more time. Alright, well. Just keep trying to keep this thing going here. Uh. Uh, hopefully this will be worked out for the audio archive version, which we are on iTunes right now. You can look, just look for a Nintendo news report. Uh, you'll find our snazzy CNN inspired, we'll say logo and the full audio archive. Donald, 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 Donald. I can hear you now. Hello. Okay. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, I will, I'll try to edit this out of the audio version. Look, look like I started a little bit of a mess right here. You know what happened? I have this blue snowball right here. And it wasn't the one connected to the computer that slipped out, but instead the one on the back. So that, that's, that's what I was struggling with. Sorry about that. Alright, sorry. Uh, you, were, you were saying, though. What was I saying, Donald? Because... What, what were we talking about? We were talking about Harry Potter... And we are talking about Mario Universal. Oh, three franchises you would pick that aren't Mario that you would include in a Universal Studios theme park. Uh, can I cheat and say Smash Brothers? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Smash Brothers... You could choose too. Mario Kart also. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Smash Brothers would be interesting just to have the show element of all these other... You could, that's where you could work in all the other Nintendo franchises, have them duking it out. Or like a little, a little bit of Animal Crossing, a little bit of something else. Yeah, but I think if you want to have big ones, maybe a medieval theme with uh, with Legend of Zelda, and I don't know, maybe like yeah, Mario Kart or F Zero if they want to get wild with that. But mm-hmm. I think that seems to be that would be a real long shot. It'd probably just be a Mario Kart track if they were going to go the uh, the racing attraction route. Yeah. So wait, so what were your three again? Uh, Smash Brothers, Zelda, and Mario Kart. Zelda, Smash Brothers. You chose Mario Kart, too. That's a bit of a cheat, too, but I, I accept that. Also, Mario Kart would transfer absolutely perfectly to a go-kart or even some kind of roller coaster. Especially if it was Mario Kart 8, you could do, like, a crazy loop. Yeah, although, would, would you be allowed to fire blue shells at people? Mmm... You might be able to simulate it in some way that doesn't hurt anyone, or it might happen automatically. Yeah. Like, it, it, there could be something on a wire that's connected to the carts that, like, is a blue shell, and then it spins. 
You know what it would be? You ever go to Disney, Donald? Yeah, I went uh, a few years ago, actually. World or land? Uh, world. Okay, you ever do the Buzz Lightyear one where you have the gun? Yep. And, like, you have to shoot? Okay. So what I, the way I see that is it would be that kind of thing where you're in the cart, and then you can sort of drive it along the track just a little bit, and then it simulates speed, and then at the cart in front or behind you, you can do the various items. Or some simulation of that is in my imagination. It would be some amalgamation of that ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. My three. Yeah. What would you do? I don't. I don't think they would do Splatoon because of how new of a franchise Splatoon is. But I would love a Splatoon water ride more than anything. <laughs> I don't know. They could do that in Japan because Splatoon is ginormous there. Splatoon is relatively big over here, too. It's not as big as it is in Japan, but I would call it a surprisingly large franchise. Yeah. It's like an uh, A-minus tier for Nintendo if, Mario, if you consider Mario to be an A. I might go solid B. I would say A-minus is reserved for Animal Crossing. Whatever Animal Crossing is, it's like two notches below that. Not in quality, but just in popularity. Yeah. Next one would be, it would probably be Pokemon. I don't think they would do a Pokemon one because there's too many rights with the Pokemon company to figure out, and I bet that that's a bit of a clusterfuck that won't immediately be figured out, but I think Pokemon would be the other fun one. And then, I actually agree with you, Mario Kart fits so damn well with an amusement park. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's universal. Pokemon is a popular thing, isn't it, Donald? Pokemon is a very popular thing, and especially with Sun and Moon. The total sales are almost the total of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire already, isn't that right? Uh, you're looking at about half, but this is the fastest Pokemon Sun and Moon It came out this week from Nintendo, that in North America and Europe, it is the fastest selling game in the history of Nintendo. Oh, I bet. I bet it's one of the fastest-selling games of all time. Yeah, so the numbers we got were over 1.5 million in Europe, with about th over 368,000 just in the UK. And North America, or America's sales, so that's US, Canada, Mexico, and whatever. Right. And all, all those, anything in the Americas. Is yeah. over 3.7 million. For some reason, I thought it was five. The total's over five. The total's over five for just the West, and then you add in another two million from Japan. Their initial shipment was ten million. There is a non-zero chance that they may need to exceed that. Oh, of course, they're going to sell more than ten million copies of this game. They made Pokemon that by the end sells... of the year. I don't think there's a more consistently selling video game than Pokemon. Uh. The only one I can think of is Call of Duty. Even in Japan, it does decent numbers compared to Pokemon. But the but at this point, I think the only way that Pokemon doesn't beat Call of Duty in the NPDs is either is if they split Sun and Moon, which I think mm. they've done before with... I know they did that before with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I think both of them ended up in there. Same with the Fire Emblems. And also the fact that the NPD changed their methodology this year to rank games based on revenue generated and not on unit sales. So since Call of Duty is a minimum $60 game that has a lot of people buying an $80 version of it for uh, Modern mm. Warfare Remastered, I would give it. I would give Pokemon about a 10% chance of winning the November NPDs. Just it'll of, it'll rank though. It'll probably even get top five, maybe even top two. Yeah, if it's probably going to be number one or two. Wait, but we also got a lot of Battlefield One sales, right? Yeah, but not to the extent that uh, not Battlefield One sales. I think were mostly front loaded into October. I okay, and I don't think it got. A, I don't recall seeing a lot of heavy Black Friday discounting for Battlefield One. But I don't recall seeing a lot. There were some pretty heavy ones for Call of Duty, though. And Pokemon uh -huh. had just come out, and you could still get it for 20% off on Amazon over Black Friday. Which Watch was... Dogs is pretty good. 
Watch well, not not quality wise necessarily, but I mean like Watch Dogs did pretty well, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's probably good, but it's not going to do what it did when it it launched because it launched in May. The only real competition mm. it had was Mario Kart and Watch Dogs. And it was on the Wii U. Yeah. And Watch Dogs launched on like five platforms the month that it came. It was one of the most pre-ordered games of all time, I think. Yeah, it was. I think it was definitely That's Ubisoft's cool. most pre-ordered game ever, if not the most pre-ordered. Oh, yeah. I think I seem to recall like the most pre-ordered new IP in history, which yeah. probably got trumped by something. I just don't know what at this point. Final Fantasy 15 shipped 5 million day one. Does the NPDs include November 29th? Uh, the period is going to be October 30th to November 26th, so we won't see any impact from Final Fantasy 15 until December. But you have to consider yeah. with Final Fantasy 15 as well, this is the first time they've done worldwide launch before there's been at least a three-month delay with every game in that series. Sean McCord says Final Fantasy 15 shipped five million day one. It didn't meet expectations. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that's necessarily true because they said they need to sell ten million units by the just by the end of the lifespan for them to break even. And I don't think that's going to be terribly unlikely because I've seen a lot of people buying Final Fantasy 15 who would not normally buy a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. I think that game is going to break even. I think Final Fantasy 15 is going to get some kind of successor. I don't think it's the last Final Fantasy game. Oh no, it's uh, the question isn't if is there going to be a Final Fantasy 16, it's when our Square Enix going to announce it. Well, the word on Final Fantasy 15 was that a lot of the future of Final Fantasy uh like road on how Final Fantasy 15 did. It did, it did feel a little bit like a bet the studio kind of situation. Yeah, cuz well the, the cuz this game has such a long Final Fantasy 15's development history was so long and got stopped and started so many times and they were changed and I, I'm pretty sure did they change engines halfway through that game's development cuz I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, they must have. They absolutely must have. I watched trailers from Final Fantasy Versus 13 compared to Final Fantasy 15, especially since I beat Final Fantasy 15. I wanted to see what the game used to look like. And what was surprising to me was, one, how similar and intact the story was for Final Fantasy 15 back then, even though major things changed. And two, how the gameplay completely changed focus since then. Yeah. So it would not surprise me that, like, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a Final Fantasy 16, if only because I think it'll probably meet their goals. I th I think they wanted 10 million by the end of the fiscal year, which is probably out of the question, but certainly by about this time next year, with some decent discounting, it'll probably it'll probably cross 10 million sold out, like sold to customers. If they put out the PC version, and if they can find a way to do even more DLC. Like, I might actually get the season pass for that game. We'll talk about how good that game is in just a minute. Sean McCord said he was talking about Watch Dogs. Yeah. Uh, so, he was not talking about it didn't meet expectations. Suave asks, how do you spell the Sun Legendary Pokemon? That is Solgaleo. S-O-L-A-G-E-A. S-O-L. Wait. S-O-L-G. Wait, Solgaleo? Solgaleo? Solagleo? Um, let me pull it up. I'm, I've got my game open right now. S -O S O L G G A L E O A L yeah yeah. Uh, R K says Final Fantasy VII remake will take precedent, which which makes sense. I think they're definitely going to focus on that. Kingdom Hearts three also has to come out, which I think uh, Nomura is focusing on. <laughs> I th I think it'll come out. Late next year, early 2018. If that game comes out May 2018, I would not be surprised. Eh, I, I at this point, I'm just assuming that that game is the next Duke Nukem Forever. Like they've talked, yeah. except they've talked about it for longer than Duke Nukem Forever was going to be in development. I think that game's almost done though. Kingdom Hearts 3 seems like it's getting closer to completion. They're not showing a ton of it, but I think they're actually making a lot of good progress on it. I could be wrong. Mm, well, I. The problem is, Kingdom Hearts is like Zelda. the The chief problem I have with that game is that they talk about it way too early. So yeah. at this point, I they have to, like Kingdom Hearts three was supposed to be a PS three game, much like Final Fantasy Versus thirteen was. 
Mm. And like it was being promoted as such when the PS3 launched. So yeah. they've they have done this game is now a decade old. They need to bleep or get off the pot already. It's a me deplorable says I would get Final Fifteen Final Fantasy Fifteen for the Switch, but PS4 I'm not supporting anymore because Sony's interested in money too much. Every console maker is interested in money too much. No console maker is in it just to generate the art. I'm like Nintendo has said it themselves that Nintendo is a business that makes good video games because they're a business. It's I think Miyamoto might have said that himself. You remember this quote, don't you, Donald? The you 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 know what I'm talking about. I I think I know where you're going with this, but yeah, I mean you need to look no further than the guy who was president from the, the NES on. To know that, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo's chief interest is making money, and the way they make money is off their franchises. Right. But, yeah, Nintendo, someone from Nintendo, it might have been Miyamoto, it might have been Awada, it might have been someone else. I think it was Miyamoto, said something like, games are a business, like, we are business people first. And all of these console makers are business people first. They make good games because they know good games that have big budgets sell good money. Especially ones that have orange and blue covers this generation. Yeah, and... Which, which is, is, yeah. Yeah, and for... Because generally, when a company is being nice to you, relatively nice to you, like Sony was during the PS3 generation, or Microsoft has been the last couple of years of the Xbox One, it's because they want to start making money again, and giving incentives for people to buy their system is how they eventually make money off you. Yeah. Everyone wants to make money from you. No one's doing it just for the art. No one is burning holes in their pockets. Everyone wants to make money. But that's okay, because you're a consumer, and you can be a smart, discriminating consumer who does not go to bat for companies, but instead uh, sits like a king and waits for them to appease you. Exactly. Which I, I believe is the right way to do things. You're a consumer. You have way more power than you realize. That's what bothers me about console war shit, is that as a consumer, you have so much power. You can do whatever you want. Companies don't need you to go to bat for them, and you hurt the industry when you go to bat for a company. Don't be a ble- don't be an asshole. Don't be a fanboy. Or it's okay to be a fanboy, but be open to other opportunities. You know who's having the most fun this generation? People who play multiple games across multiple consoles and cross uh, quote unquote party lines constantly. There, That's who I think is having the best time. There. If a co- if you can't get enough entertainment value out of one company, look yeah. to somebody else. I mean, I'm asking for a PS4 for Christmas for a reason. Because it, it had, there are good video games on the PlayStation 4. Exactly. There's enough. There's enough good games, and there's potentially enough stuff getting announced tomorrow at PlayStation Experience mm-hmm. that I'm I well I'm asking someone else to help me take the plunge on this thing. I bet that new Suda 51 game comes out tomorrow. Or, I or bet, at the very, I bet, I bet. Or at the very least, Tuesday. Right, that game's coming out so soon. Like, there, there's, tro- it, there's trophies for it. There's trophies, there's ratings, there are trailers and ads for it, I think, on YouTube. <laughs> and then they're talking about the game coming out very... When Sony talks about a game that's coming out very soon, but they're not talking about when it's coming out, that means it's coming out the day of a presentation. And I wouldn't be surprised if Drawn to Death is coming out the same day, although Drawn to Death might never come out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Suda is still saying that... that, that uh, let, is it Let It Die? Is that the name of the game we're talking yeah. about here? Yeah, let, let It Die is fun! That's like Suda Dark Souls. I actually played it at PAX East, but yeah. that's beside and, the point. They're still saying it's coming out in 2016. This isn't like an Atlas situation where they dropped a trailer saying, sorry, we're delaying it. So right. if it's going to come out, it's probably going to come out sometime in the next 72 hours. Oh, I hope it comes out tomorrow. That game was fun. And I think it's actually kind of a single-player game, too. Like, there is free-to-play elements, but I think it is a free Suda51, like, linear video game. That's the impression I got from actually talking to Suda51, but there was a lot they wouldn't tell me at the time that was earlier this year. It's a me deplorable, corrects his statement a little bit. He's like, okay, I might get a PS4. I like Sony. But I hope the Switch does good. You know what? I do too. Yeah. I hope the Switch does excellent. I hope the Switch is the best console of all time. I hope the Switch makes the PS4 look like shit. But that's because I want every new console to make every previous console look like shit because that means we all play better video games. And the video games you love don't go away. You just have new good video games. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's just, just about everything we have to talk about. It's, yeah, I might have had something else, but I, I think that's just about everything. I wanted to talk about Final Fantasy 15 a little bit because I'm I'm feeling a little bit on a roll, and after all this negative stuff I said about video games, about Zelda, I want to say you know what, Final Fantasy 15 is an excellent video game. I got it Saturday, and I played it several hours a day for the following like four or five days, and I got it Saturday. Wednesday night going into Thursday morning at like 12 a.m., I finally beat Final Fantasy XV. That game is excellent. Let me tell you why. It is still a JRPG. It is not The Witcher. It is not some open-world action game. It has the design philosophy of a JRPG, except it takes place in a fully realized 3D world. The combat is good. The characters are good. You and your boys going on a road trip in your car. It's this weird fantasy or this weird fusion of high fantasy and not a futuristic world or a cyberpunk world like Final Fantasy 7, but instead this strangely modern world where there's guns and where there's cell phones and where there's a radio and where there's all this weird stuff that's kind of like Final Fantasy, but it's kind of like the real world. Donald, you ever have that fantasy when you were a kid, when it was like you and your friends would go on this crazy adventure and save the world from something? Yeah, I, I tried to recreate that a lot in Final Fantasy games, actually. I would rename my characters appropriately. This is the game that captures that feeling, but in a real-world context you can identify with. The story's great. The game looks great. Everything horrible we were hearing about Final Fantasy XV, I wouldn't say it was unfounded because I bet early builds were like that, but everything's fixed if that was a case beforehand. I'm so happy with this game. It, it has a complete story, too. People were saying, oh, the, the way it, it wraps up is bad. The way it wraps up is not bad. The way it wraps up is great. There's, I won't say anything about the post-game, except I will say there is a shit ton of post-game. I will say the combat feels more like a JRPG, and it feels it feels a little Xenoblade-ish, except more active. I would call it, like, the in-between between Xenoblade and uh, an action game, where you're still sort of issuing commands, except they're more immediate commands than Xenoblade is. Oh, and the characters are great. The characters are great. Going on an adventure with your four friends, being the prince, uh, eventually... Well, this isn't a spoiler, but being the prince-slash-king is awesome. The world is awesome. The car, the driving doesn't necessarily feel great, but it still feels great to be going on a road trip and to pull into a diner and to go in and play Justice Force Monsters 5, which is their weird pinball game, and then to order this super high-detailed plate of french fries to eat with your friends, and then call four chocobos and go on an adventure into the desert where you find a slack-toir, which is the cactuar in this game, and then he's running around making his little ticking noises, and then you go tune up your car and put a little cactuar sticker on the side, and then you play Monster Hunter, because this game has so much Monster Hunter in it, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, it actually has Monster Hunter quests. So it's this weird Backstreet Boys Monster Hunter Final Fantasy adventure. And this is my first Final Fantasy game, and I want to play the rest of the series because of this game. You're gonna be in for some. You're gonna be in for some fun, but there's gonna be some rough spots as well. I'm gonna warn you now. Here's my idea. Oh, uh, RK asks, "I'm five hours in. What's the general length without side quests?" Here's what I'm. I'm so okay. C hold your ears for like thirty seconds. I'm gonna say exactly what the length is if you don't want to hear. It took me just under thirty hours to beat this game. For some people, if you're speedrunning it, I think there are some people in Japan getting it done in under 15, but 30 to 40 seems like the regular length for this. Um, Jared Goblin asks, can you believe The Last Guardian is coming out on Tuesday? Nope. I hope it is. Uh, yeah, I barely believe it. I, I somehow doubt I, it is. I fully expect by, by this time tomorrow night, The Last Guardian will have been delayed mysteriously. I don't even <laughs> care that people are getting shipment confirmations for that game right now. That game is getting delayed. Yeah. Isaiah Harrison asks, 
How would you compare it to other JRPGs? Everything you love about JRPGs other than the turn-based system is completely intact. The kind of dialogue you get in this game is intact. And the JRPG you get in this game, except now it's in the modern era, so everyone's speaking it. The game is 100% voiced, which is effing insane to me because of how much like voice acting there actually is in it. Uh, the, the way you feel when you play a JRPG is perfectly represented. There's an airship, but that's not really a spoiler. That, that's something they reveal. Uh, I would say the combat, the way the leveling works is a little weird, but it also feels like a JRPG. The combat feels like JRPG combat, but fused with action. Like, for instance, you're still issuing commands, it's just they're faster commands. Like, think of it as the system from Chrono Trigger, except there's no waiting for anyone. I, I don't know, it, it's hard to, like, put it into words. But I recommend... Maybe you could watch the Giant Bomb quick look. That That's a very good look at that game, I would say. I wouldn't play the Platinum demo, because that wasn't a good look at the game. I actually got turned off from Final Fantasy XV after the Platinum demo. But I... Uh, I would say watch the Giant Bomb Quick Look if you're curious. I am so happy with this game. I'm so shocked at how good it is. And I give it a full recommendation to anyone. Hmm. Anything else, Donald? No, I think we're I think that's that's been the week, so uh, I don't know what kind of news to expect next week, but I'm sure something's going to come out, and maybe we'll start getting some ideas to how Pokemon did this month overall. Oh. Uh, okay. Thank you, Alex. I wholeheartedly recommend Final Fantasy 4, 5, 6, and 9. All fantastic. Here's my here's my planned order for Final Fantasy games. I think the next one I should play is X. I think after playing 15, I bet X is going to be the one I can easiest get into. Does that sound fair, Donald? Yeah, I think it, I think it sounds fair. Um, I don't know how far down the road you're looking at some of the early ones, but do yourself a favor, skip Japanese Final Fantasy 2. Okay. That game is... I, I I played the best version of that game, and it is still horrible. Okay. Nothing like Final oh. Fantasy 15. Okay, I will take that into account. After that, I want to play Final Fantasy 6. I think I'm going to play the Game Boy Advance version of that, because I have the Vita PS1 version of that. That thing's no good. That's yeah. That those PS1 versions have really bad load times. Yeah. After that is seven, seven, eight, nine in some order, and then if I can make it that far and play all those games, it'll probably be twelve, and then I'll probably work my way back. That yeah. seems like the order. For me. Yeah. By the time you get to twelve, the the remake of the of the international version should be out anyway. Those are all thirty-hour games, right? Um, 12 is, well, 10, I think is about a 40 hour game, but you can get really deep into that game, especially if you're playing one of the remakes and are going for a platinum, because there is a lot of side quests in that game. Okay. That's a good lot of know. very is X, is, side quests. Is X2 good? It's, I, I liked it. It's, it gets you into some. <laughs> oh, the, the answer theory. to that is no, then. <laughs> but uh, I liked it. I liked it. It's it's a very fun a very fun game, but you cannot play it without having without having played ten first. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't play ten two first. Yeah, so if like if you like the characters of of ten, ten two is more of those. Okay, cool. Let's see how long is this show. This show is over an hour. I, I think that's a fine time to call it. Right. Uh, don't, don't you agree, Donald? That yeah. doesn't an hour seem like a fine time to call it. Patreon.com slash nwr support this site. Oh, which version of Final Fantasy Thirteen should someone play? Donald has it, but I haven't played it. I haven't played it. From watching video footage of it, I would almost recommend playing zero versions of Final Fantasy Thirteen. Although, if you have access to both, I think PlayStation Three is probably the better version. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I know the Steam version had some initial hitches with it. I don't know if those have. I'm not sure how to what extent those have been resolved. But PS3 version is probably stupidly cheap at this point. Yeah. Final Fantasy 
15. Excellent game. Lots of excellent Final Fantasy games. Patreon.com slash NWR. You can find Donald Terrio on Twitter at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. Also, NFR Podcast is a Nintendo free radio uh, podcast show. I am on Twitter at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. And then also... Listen to Nintendo News Report on iTunes. We have the first three episodes out now. Episode four, which is last week's show, that's probably going to go up tomorrow. And then I'm going to get this one as soon as possible because I'm a week behind right now on doing them just because of the way things lined up at the beginning, which means either this week or next week or the week after that, you'll probably get two episodes very close to each other and then we'll be back on track. So sooner than later, you're going to have Nintendo News Report Uh, just at the same time as all the other podcasts. But for now, uh, and for the future, Nintendo News Report is on iTunes. It will continue to be on iTunes. We are going to talk about PSX and maybe other Nintendo news next week, and then we'll talk to you in the chat, and then that's our show, and have a good night. Bye-bye! Bye.